Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back to the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, alongside senior recruiting editor Andrew Bone, and right down there in the middle square, Tim White, site publisher for BamaOnline.com. And guys, we have a special pre-Christmas edition of the show as we move through Alabama's early 2024 signing class. We talk about some things that players that might still be out there, targets that might still be out there, and we're going to get into some grades for this early signing period and the Alabama Crimson Tide as well. I got my Christmas colors on, guys. I'm ready to I'm ready to get into these presents that Alabama fans are looking forward to getting their first look or two at on the football field coming up, guys. You look festive. Yeah, I, Andrew, I feel festive. Not so much. <laughs> Me and Andrew, we're playing the role of Grinch this Andrew's year. dad. He gets a pass on everything. You know, if Andrew showed up in a robe right now, I think we would we could probably let that go, Andrew, with where you're yeah, at. Yeah, I just throw it. I just grab whatever's in the, in the, on the floor Toss it off. I'm gonna be honest. I I go to the hoodie rack and grab whatever I think I didn't wear last time. Exactly. So, Try to yeah. mix it up. I got a little bit of Jim Harbaugh in me in that regard. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh coming up in just a couple of weeks for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Guys, we wanted to sort of pick things up where we left them on Wednesday. We had the live signing show. So during that program, we did see that Kevin Riley, the running back from Tuscaloosa County signed with Alabama, flipping from Miami. There was actually some really good things that happened for this class, right, down the stretch. Steve Mbumoy, the Canadian defensive end, 
signs with Alabama. Um, you also look at Bubba Hampton flipping from Texas to Alabama. Andrew, it was a strong finish to this class, at least for now, understanding there's still some moving pieces as we look ahead to the immediate future. Yeah, and, we, and we've talked about this a lot, a lot that you know, getting into signing day and being able to keep all the kids that, that you had um, and not losing any you know, is, is just as big a win as, as any of them because there were some guys, especially down the home stretch, who were being heavily pursued, Caleb Odom, uh, Ole Miss was trying to flip him. You had Jameer Grimsley, who received a lot of uh, in-state pressure from Florida. Uh, Sterling Dixon mentioned that Auburn was uh, making a run at him kind of at the last minute. Of course, you still have to wait on uh, next month with um, with Ryan Williams. But you know, being able to add four new additions to your recruiting class in the last week, obviously really big, and not just the last week, since Monday, Um you know, you get Jay Sean Ross last Monday, outside linebacker, edge rusher uh, out of Kansas City. And then signing day, uh, pretty eventful with uh, with the two flips from Kevin Riley and Boa Hampton. And then uh, Steve Moala from uh, from Canada, who originally from Cameroon. Um, you know, and I said this on the show the other day, the most interesting part about his commitment was he told me on uh, on Tuesday night that he had committed to Alabama the week of the, uh, of the USF uh, game. So... He'd been committed for a long time, didn't take any other visits. I think, I guess that's why he did not take any other visits throughout the process that he committed back in September. But great week for Alabama, uh, currently ranked as the number two recruiting class in the country. Look, I think Steve needs credit for showing true love, right? He watched that South Florida game and said, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Y'all need me. Well, he knew he knew USF yeah. was going to go on to win a bowl game and have seven Dude. wins. So he knew Route the quality Syracuse. of USF before we did. Route in Syracuse, indeed. But yeah, hats off to Steve. I think the, you know, I think it just depends on your personality. To me, it was a great signing day. It was a great signing week leading into it. Um, you know, a lot of the talk was on Edric Houston. I still to this Alabama did a terrific job getting him on campus, putting the full court pitch, even making it a discussion. And while they did that, they ended up avoiding that with a lot of guys. Like Andrew said, Jameer Grimsley, heavy, heavy pressure up until Penn met paper. Um, a lot of these guys, heavy pressure, you know, they don't really advertise, Hey, we're going after these guys and might not get them, but they definitely was, was burning some uh, midnight oil um, trying to flip some Bama guys. And again, you kept what you had, you had to be happy, added a few pieces. I love Bubba Hampton, what he can do. Kevin Riley, Big fan of what Kevin Riley's going to be able to do in a football field and a neat position. Had to get a running back, and uh, Matt, to me, that's a you know that's a that's a solid grade on a running back and a one running back class so far. Of course, with Daniel Hill still out there. Yeah, I was going to ask about that as we talk about moving forward now from the early signing date and understanding the Ryan Williams situation uh, will carry over. It looks like into the new year and also running back because we had talked about the potential for a two running back class. Is that still in play guys? And um, maybe the lines of scrimmage continue to work some things up front too. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Shoot. Andrew. I've given Andrew a chance. Try to be polite. Yeah. What are we talking about? The offensive line, Travis? Well, we're talking about the running back situation, yeah. talking about Ryan Williams, just some things that are going to carry over into that. New I year. think we, I think you kind of expected, you know, Ryan said he wanted to commit on his birthday. And again, I know people see this as a different way from Ryan than I do. And Ryan does and other people, but this guy, 
you know, the whole if he's committed, you know, he's been a 24 commitment for what, three weeks? So he's had this little small window to take visits. And I get it's not ideal. I get that if you're an Alabama fan, it's not ideal. You'd love to have a top five national player signed and signed and uh um signed and been done with, right? But in the day of the portal, I just don't think there's a cheat code. I think you have to recruit him to stay, let him take visits. Cause I mean, you get a kid on campus, any kid, he's unhappy. There's no more. We got him for three years, right? You got him for two months. We've seen guys, we saw Zach Evans a couple of years ago sign with George and get out of it basically the next day. So these kids have options now. So you, they got to come because they love you. And a lot of them are saying, hey, just in case I hit the portal, which I think was the case with Edric Houston, maybe if something goes wrong, you know, I, I know where I'm going to go. So a lot of factors come into play. But yeah, I'm glad there's a little excitement in the late period myself. What are you keeping your eyes on, Andrew, as we move forward? Obviously, uh, you know, the Ryan Williams situation, um, you know, he continues to tell us that he's solid with the commitment. But anytime you continue to take visits, you know, it's always something to watch. Um, you know, he wants to visit Texas, LSU, Auburn, obviously get back to Tuscaloosa. So we're going to be watching Ryan pretty closely. There's going to be two announcements at the uh, All-American Bowl on January the 6th. Uh, Daniel Hill, uh, four-star running back out of Meridian, who uh, supposedly signed on Wednesday. Um, we do know that he signed during the early signing period. Not sure 100% if it was Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but we know he signed. You know, it's down between Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State. You know, we're going to be watching that one pretty closely. Zay Mincy, uh, you know, top 30 overall player in the country out of Daytona Beach. Uh, he signed on Thursday night. It was either Alabama, Florida, or Miami. So that's another you know, big one that we're watching. Um, you know, heading into the late period, uh, you know, there's not a lot of guys that are out there. Uh, you have Terry Bosey, who is the five-star athlete out of Texas, committed to Texas A&M, as mentioned. He wants to take official visits, or not, not officials, unofficial visits, Alabama, uh, LSU. You know, those are some schools that he's visited in the past and wants to go check out. Again, I think the biggest thing that we're probably going to also watch is the transfer portal. Uh, you know, who all, who else emerges? Who, you know, decides to come in for a visit, you know, maybe after the, um, after the Christmas holidays uh, in January? You know, who does Alabama decide that they, you know, really need to target and at what position? Um, you know, we've heard obviously some names behind the scenes that they're you know, at least talking to. So we'll see if some of those guys uh, make visits next month. Guys, how much does the portal and that window carrying over into the first few days of the new year kind of complicate things for recruiting staffs? In other words, you've got some big time targets that you continue to work from the high school level that are going to wait until that late signing period. But Maybe you've got some entrance into the transfer portals that has interest in your school. I guess that's what you get paid for, right? You have a very strong feeling for where you're at with these guys because there's going to be some impressive portal names that we've already seen that you're probably going to have to say no to perhaps to maintain harmony in some ways with some guys you're still recruiting from the high school level, Tim. Yeah, it's guerrilla math. That's what I call it. It's guerrilla math. Trying to figure out who's going in the portal, who you want from the portal, who you've got signed, who can you commit, is he firm? I mean, there's a lot of factors in play. And like you said, there's more. I mean, I know from a talent standpoint, it often looks like a no-brainer. Hey, Travis Ryder's in the portal. This is a no-brainer. He was Don't ranked real 
He was ranked really high out of high school. I don't think I think you can take that factor and throw it away because you're factoring in NIL, you're factoring in your roster. How does that guy shake up your room? You know what I mean? You bring in the wrong guy and you have three guys hit the portal, that one for three, with a lot of these these transfer guys being one year eligible for the draft. You know, I know Evan Stewart's been talked about a lot and he is a talented guy. But there's a lot that goes into Evan. There's a lot that went into LT Overton. You know, there's a lot that went into play for these guys um, trying to figure it out. And, hey, look, I know as fans and even in the media, we love to look at the roster and think we know, but we don't know half of what we what we believe we know. They know what they need. They know who they're having talks with these guys. They've seen them on the practice field. They know their needs areas way more than we do. So it's not as simple if I had to identify an area Bama should attack the portal, wide receiver would not be where I'd start. That would not be even – that would not be first. I'd go defensive line, offensive line right out of the gate, maybe linebacker. Wide receiver would be on down the list. What would your shopping list for the portal look like right now, Andrew? You kind of in sync with Tim, or you got another area or two that you might look? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, O-line, D-line, you know, especially after Alabama, you know, you look at Alabama's – offensive line and defensive line class, you know, three players at each of those position groups. Yeah, you know, I think those are some areas that they're going to look, see who's available, not, you know, not make any terrible decisions. You know, they're not going to try to make any bad investments. They're going to try to go after somebody that they can bring in that can make an impact, but, you know, probably not going to cost a, uh, a ton. So on, on the NIL front, so, yeah, I think anytime, you know, you start seeing guys come out and say, you know, NIL is not important. You know, and for these transfer portal guys, a lot of times it it it, it still is. So got to make some right decisions. O line, D line, I think probably secondary. You know, that might might be an area that they that they look, especially with uh, Kool Aid leaving. Um, Taryn Arnold's got to you know, I think there's a good chance that he could potentially leave as well. So I think a lot's just going to kind of depends on, on uh, you know some of these decisions uh, after bowl season. Uh, for, from some of the star players on Alabama's team and who they feel like they really need to go after. Guys, you ready to get into some uh, early National Signing Day grades as we look at this hall to this point? For sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, let's start right there behind center. I think this is a pretty easy one. You know, I never benefited from an easy A at any point during my academic history. Uh, but, boy, I got to think uh, with Julian saying the nation's top quarterback, prospect for the 2024 cycle not only signed but already in Tuscaloosa you, you talk about just his ability his talent uh, his intangibles and then the fact you're already working with him pretty much a slam dunk I gotta thank Andrew we'll start with yours <laughs> absolutely and uh, you know Tim uh, mentioned this in uh, our class superlatives that we dropped on Bama online the other day no drama at all throughout the entire process. Um, you know, Julian committed to Alabama when Bill O'Brien was still the offensive coordinator in Tuscaloosa. And uh, when Bill left, um, you know, he was 100% throughout the entire process, was a big recruiter behind the scenes. You know, he was a top three quarterback in the country a year ago, but then going through the summer camp circuit, going to a lot of seven-on-sevens during the spring, going to the Elite 11, winning it, and then having a senior season where he – Passed for, I think his completion percentage was was over seventy five percent. I mean, uh, this is a this is as good of a uh, get as as there is in the country. Obviously, number one quarterback 
uh, coming on the heels of Alabama signing two quarterbacks in last year's class, um, you know, big win there. So I, I think we could easily give that a, uh, not necessarily an A, but I, I think an A plus. What are you thinking, Tim? Same thing? Yeah. I mean, you look at that and, you know, you follow him with super talented DJ Lagway. I mean, very talented guy, Dylan Rayola, a lot of drama around both of those. And that's not to say anything. I mean, that's kind of the game. That's not a knock on them. But again, going back to, low like you committed to bill o'brien now you're coming to play for tommy reach you know what i mean that's a big deal talent wise a plus across the board intangible smart um certain you know he's, he's kind of cut different you know in that regard i mean just the low key because quarterbacks we've seen it several sides i mean we've always seen it but several cycles in a row we've seen high drama i mean was it last year that florida had the guy committed got nil'd nil yeah. he bounces we saw florida had a guy committed that jumped up seven grades and ended up signing with Ole Miss. We've seen so much quarterback drama. So not to have any, you know, on the heels of not having any drama with guys like Dylan, Julian Sayan, Ty Simpson, Eli Holstein, you got you got to feel that that quarterback room's pretty solid with mature, equal-minded guys. Let's talk running backs. Kevin Riley, as we outlined earlier and on the live show Wednesday, flips from Miami to Alabama. And as you guys have already talked about today, possibility for a second back to join this class still is out there. As we sit here right now, Andrew, what type of what type of grade do we have for the running back spot? I'll go A minus. I mean, I think that you know, if you get another back, which Alabama would like to have a second back in this class, uh, you know, you're you're in a solid A right there. I mean, this is coming off the heels of Alabama signing two top four running backs in the country and Justice Haynes and, and Richard Young. And then <laughs> we went into this past weekend uh, or last weekend without a single running back commitment. And, you know, Alabama was able to get Kevin Riley on campus who's the number three back in the country, uh, was able to flip him away from Miami and there was some late drama, obviously, with some other guys. Keewon Lacey, who a lot of people thought it was an Alabama Ole Miss battle. He ends up going to uh, Mizzou. Uh, Jaden Ball, who had told some people that he was going to Alabama, ends up committing and signing with Florida uh, on Wednesday. But Alabama being able to flip Kevin Riley, a local kid, uh, big-time get for them there. And you know, we'll kind of see what happens with uh, Daniel Hill in the next uh, week and a half. Where you at with this one, Timmy? Yeah, there was a lot of drama at our, our running back position. You know, they uh, – I felt there was – I think Alabama was confident they were getting a good running back, which – what they were going to do, which one they were going to get. I felt very strongly they were getting Keywan Lacey. We felt it. Everybody felt Bama was a team to beat, got kind of NIL heavy, Alabama bounced, you know, ended up a little Ole Miss, like Andrew said, ends up in Missouri. Jaden Ball, you know, it's funny. We had guys committed to Nebraska nobody really talked about and then they got all these teams fighting over them in the late period. Jaden Ball is another one, committed to Arkansas. I tip my hat to Robert Gillespie, who had to really do some work. He had to figure out that Rubik's Cube on getting these guys done. And, you know, Kevin Riley, in, in, you know, right there in your own backyard figuring it out. But we're spoiled. As Alabama fans, you're spoiled, right? It's hard to give. I mean, you look at the running back grades over history, you're like last year. That's an A plus. Kevin's, you know, it's it's like he's down. But I agree with Andrew. I think it's a solid B plus A grade because if you look at him as a talent, he's a top fifty type running back, top seventy five type running back, bigger than most people think. I've had a lot of people describe him as small, but I mean, this guy's six foot tall, bordering on two hundred at seventeen years old. So 
And again, Daniel Hill sitting out there can push that grade higher, big bully, bulldozer type. If they end up with Daniel Hill, to me, it's the tight end version of yin and yang that Alabama's got that we'll get into. Odom and Lindsey, you'd have Hill and you'd have Kevin Riley, kind of like that perfect tag team duo. Speaking of tight ends, I'm going to meld the tight ends with the wide receivers for our next mm. position group. And you talk about right. Caleb Odom and uh, Lindsey uh, at the tight end spots. And then what looks to be right now more of a three wide receiver class. Again, Ryan Williams yet to sign, uh, but we know a couple of talented guys went ahead and went through with their signatures on Wednesday and I guess a bit of a wild card in Bubba Hampton. Not sure where you guys are going with him right now, on which side of the ball. The the beauty of that situation, I think he helps anywhere he lands on this football team. Well, we'll, so, we'll Andrew. See. We'll just say offense for now. Yeah, we'll man. say offense. Okay, we'll put him on offense. I'm, I'm good with him on offense. That's not saying he's an offensive. I mean, he plays on both sides of the ball. So, we'll, just for the sake of – the grades, we'll, we'll count them in the offensive side because the defensive defensive backs already getting a uh, pretty high grade. So and, and, Andrew, and, don't spoil it. What are and you in doing? Terms, well, in I mean, high of, grades are you know for me they're C plus. No spoilers. No spoilers. And I in terms, I mean, show. he's five ten, and that's not to say he can't be a great corner at Alabama. But we know corners at Alabama, the critical factors and those things that Saban looks for, it usually starts around six foot. And again, watching this guy on tape, I have no doubt if you put him at corner, you put him at star, he would be just fine at 5'10". But we'll stick with him at wide receiver. And so with that designation, Andrew, let's get a grade for all these guys. And are, are you going ahead and including Ryan Williams in this, even though he has yet to sign? I'll include Ryan when he signs. Um, okay. I think as of right now, you know, we're looking at the signing class, and I think you can give it a solid A. I mean, A plus when Ryan, you know, signs that letter of intent. But as of right now, it's an A. I mean, you get a uh, a Mr. Football Award winner in the state of Tennessee and Amari Jefferson, which was a big win there for Alabama. Um, you know, they flipped him away from the Tennessee baseball program, but Tennessee football program was pushing hard there. Georgia was pushing hard. Georgia was considered the front runner for him. Rico Scott, who I said in our class superlatives the other day is probably, in my opinion, the class sleeper. And it's a kid who had you know, 1,200 yards receiving, 23 receiving touchdowns as a senior, um, was an early take for Alabama. I mean, he worked out at Alabama's camp uh, before his junior season, and he was quickly one of their top wide receiver targets. And then you look at the tight end group, and you know, as Tim noted, Yen and Yang, you know, Caleb Odom, guy who can stretch the field at six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, um, number one tight end recruit in the country according to On Three Sports, and then Jay Lindsay, who you know, I've compared him to Robbie Oots a lot. You know, this is a very physical, solid blocker. You know, and, that, and that's all Alabama thought he he was at first was just a really good physical blocker. And he goes to Alabama's camp, runs a four six five. Uh, they saw that he could catch the ball a little bit, so I know that they're excited about. Uh, both of those guys uh, at the tight end position in this class. What do you got, you know Tim? Thing, you know, the thing about Hampton, I got a little crazy watching him and digging in. You know who he reminds me of? I think he's either Tyrone Prothrow or I think he's Javier Arenas, which is pretty good place to fall. You know what I mean? I think you project him on either side. Um, I think you figure it out. I mean, his play, he is a playmaker on offense. 
huge get. I mean, I love Amari Jefferson. We don't talk about – we'll see him in an all-star game. We don't talk about him enough. Kind of quiet recruitment there. Um, love, you know, I love the tight ends. I think Jay Lindsay, the more I hear about him, the more I hear how physical he is and um, playing against smaller kids, he's finally going to have a challenge. Those guys will want to, you know, wrestle with their own. I think he's going to do really well. And he's, a, again, he's a like a better catch than Robbie Oots, like Andrew said. He's a guy – a little bit more athletic. Robbie's a good athlete, but kind of a little bit smaller, you know, not as tall, thicker, more of an H-back. But I think Lindsey can grow into that. And Caleb Odom, that was a that was a full-court press. I made reference to it before about Ole Miss. That was as about a full-court press as it get. His mom loves Alabama. So, I'm yeah, A across, you know, Ryan Williams would make it A-plus-plus for me. So, I give it, a, you know, a solid A right now with everything. Rico Scott is built like a running back. I mean, when you look at this joker, he's built, you know, he also looks like a safety. He's got that build where this guy looks like he can get downhill and get behind his pads and lay you out. So uh, you get wide receivers built like that. I've seen a lot of slim guys come through the program, you know, smaller guys and, you know, Bond and Kobe and them. So, um, yeah, really good job. Hallman Wiggins did a terrific job. Joe Cox, really good work getting those tight ends signed. Let's get into the offensive line. A five-man class a year ago was heavy on tackle types. We've seen Ola Salinan as a freshman work more inside, but Miles McVeigh, Wilkin Formby, obviously Caden Proctor. So looking at this group, smaller in numbers, and I guess, Andrew, more of an emphasis on the interior this time around. And as Tim talked about earlier, and you did too, the possibility for the portal to impact this area, I guess, as well. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's certainly going to be an area that they uh, that they look in the portal, uh, see who's available, um, probably after the bowl game. But uh, last year signed a lot of tackles. I think they signed four tackles uh, last year. Of course, one or two of those guys could potentially move into the interior. But uh, you know, they signed Caden Proctor last year, which I think was a little bit of a challenge for them in this cycle as far as, you know, recruiting some guys, including Jordan Seaton, who they missed out on, because he wants to be a left tackle. And, you know, Alabama has a starting freshman at the left tackle position. But, yeah, there was certainly a big emphasis on the interior. Uh, three of the top 15 interior offensive linemen in the country uh, come into Alabama. You know, Casey Poe, top interior line, uh, William Sanders, Joe Iannata, I think Alabama's really excited about that group overall. I'd probably give it a, a probably a B plus just because I know that they, you know, were hoping to add another tackle in this class. I you know, didn't really see a lot of guys that they were really in love with, but you know, Jordan Seaton being a big miss down the home stretch, but uh, that was always going to be a, a tough challenge. What do you got, Tim? Yeah, I'm gonna go A. I like the interior guys. I think they're nasty. I think they're ugly. I think they're mean. I think they want to fight you. I saw playing the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game when a guy was running down the sidelines, and William Sanders was, like, leading the charge after pulling. It was crazy, this big boy running down the sideline at that size. All of them, Casey Poe, we know what he can do. I am not a little bit of chip on their shoulder. And we know Wilford likes those kind of guys, those guys that will get in there and fist fight and do all that stuff. I agree with Andrew. Partly for me, I knew the odds of adding a significant tackle were slim. I mean, basically, there was two on the board, right? You had Favor Edwin, who, you know, went to, ended up with Auburn, you know, just a complete project, big upside guy, raw, not a guy that's going to come in and help early. And then you got Jordan Seaton. He still has, uh, you know, Jordan Seaton's a guy that, you know, had all that drama, committed on TV, had everything going behind him, definitely a talented guy. But now you got to wonder what would he have been like in your locker room? 
You know what I mean? You got to wonder. There's so much drama with him, but he is a super talented guy. So I sort of subdued my tackle expectations after the hall last year. Let's get into the defensive line. Let's move over to the other side of the football and uh, let's get into this class and this mix. It looks like they have guys. Jeremiah Beeman is a guy, when you look at his measurables, you think positional versatility as he moves throughout his development at Alabama. Kind of the same for Steve and Bumoy as well. And then a real banger, it looks like, in Isaiah Fonga. Talk about it, Andrew. Uh, the 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 needs maybe that Alabama addressed and um, sort of your anticipation, uh, big picture wise, of what to expect from these guys. You look back in the spring, and you look at some of the guys that they had at the top of their recruiting board on the defensive front, and and we didn't get into the summer or the fall with Jeremiah Beeman or uh, Isaiah Fanga uh, as guys that kind of emerged late, they were guys that were at the top of Alabama's defensive line board back in the spring. Uh, you know, they were heavily pursued. Bongo was committed to uh, to Utah. Uh, he made an early commitment to Utah. His uncle's defensive uh, ends coach there. Uh, he's from Las Vegas, so there was a connection out there. But when you have you know, Alabama, Texas really pushing hard to flip your commitment, I think we're going to look back in you know three or four years and say that this was probably – you know, one of the most underrated players in Alabama's recruiting class. I mean, he had an unbelievable uh, senior season, uh, I think double-digit sacks, uh, you know, 28, 29 tackles for loss, uh, helped Central High School to a state championship. And then you had Jeremiah Beeman uh, at a Parker High School in Montgomery – or Parker High School in Birmingham. A lot of pressure uh, on him late uh, with Auburn. I mean, Auburn was, you know, pushing very, very hard – to flip, and there was some confidence coming out of Auburn, you know, maybe about a month or so ago. Uh, but Alabama was held, able to hold on to him, and then you know, you're able to get Steve out of uh, out of Canada, which uh, you know this is a kid that you know, looks the part, and you know, he's he's coming in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. And uh, I think Alabama is really excited about this whole group. Uh, you know, overall, I'd probably give it a B plus. Uh, uh, there's some guys that I feel like you know can make an impact maybe a little bit further down the road. I think they would have liked to have added one more defensive lineman to the group, and maybe they do that in the transfer portal. But I guess you got to add in LT Overton in, in that mix yeah, as well. Yeah, I was going to say, does that, does that change your grading? Yeah, you look probably at not. I think with Overton, you're excited about him, but he also needs to – he's on campus, but he needs to get, on, get some weight on him. I think he was – in that, you know, under 260 pounds when he stepped foot on uh, campus a couple weekends ago. And, uh, you know, certainly a guy that um, I think Alabama is excited about his potential uh, once he adds some uh, some more solid weight. Tim, what do you got for the defensive line? I'm excited about a few of these guys. Faga, I was excited about him from day one. I think we all were. Not ideal size, that was the question. But, you know, the little stuff I look at, like, again, Joseph Hastings pointed out that, when they took the photo, the team photo, all the defensive linemen on his visit went and got in the photo with him. You know what I mean? So he's going to be a military family, I believe. He's going to be built right mentally. He's going to be great in the locker room. You know, you got a guy that's running on that field to practice, a guy that's willing to go in there. It's going to set the tone for a lot of other guys. Beeman's the most talented. Steve's ridiculous. You know, Steve reminds me, I did a camp a long time ago. I didn't love doing camps and they were pain in the butt, but – I remember Jostin Fowler came walking up next to me, the old Bama fullback from Viger, 
going into his junior year and he took his shirt off. And I was like, would you get the hell away from me? You make me look like a frigging clown. Get away from me. That's how Steve looks. Like just grown man, 35-year-old professional weightlifter. Um, he's going to be a little bit raw, but that's okay. That's, you know, you're not supposed to, not many defensive linemen come do any university polish, right? So that's the irony. I guess I'll tirade a little, but defensive linemen go for a lot NIL-wise. They go for, you know, they're high picks in the draft. They go for a lot, very high, probably pretty close to right underneath quarterbacks, but not many are ready to come in and make an impact, right? So you can go to the portal and get a guy with two years experience, two years of late weight room, you know, it's like the Pirates in baseball. Let them build them and train them, then we'll go sign them and work them up. So I think that's going to be the mentality with a lot of defensive linemen. But Beeman, you know, again, he's a super talented guy, and I really like the work ethic and what's bringing – what Steve and, and Fonga is going to bring to the table. Let's get into the uh, linebackers. And, by the way, maybe we'll give Steve the uh, Ashawn Robinson uh, older beyond his years award. Oh, Ashawn was kind of that guy too. <laughs> Ashawn um, looks younger now than he did in high school. You know what I mean? That's exactly. how old he looks. Botox or something. Hey, uh, Andrew, let's let's get into these linebackers. Tim, let's get into these linebackers because it looks like a nice mix right now between the inside and edge positions. And really, hey, this, this is a class where at those two spots, inside and outside, Alabama started everywhere from in-state to Europe to find the guys that wanted to this point in that linebacker class. Yeah, I think after last year's class where, you know, Alabama was able to sign three five-star edge rushers, there was certainly a, a bigger emphasis on inside linebacker in this year's class. And, you know, they were able to get an early commitment uh, last December from uh, Sterling Dixon out of Spanish Fort, who had just won the uh, class 3A lineman of the year at Mobile Christian. Then he goes – uh, transfers to uh, Spanish Fort and you know, had another, another you know, unbelievable season and already on campus uh, working out with the team. It, well, rehabbing with the team right now. Had shoulder surgery, but uh, good to get him on campus. And then, you know, I think the biggest thing about this whole linebacker class is you have guys that have played, you know, a few different positions. You have Caden Jones, who's six foot four, 220 pounds, who's played safety, who's played wide receiver, uh, he's played linebacker. You know, he's a guy that can kind of move all over, but was recruited as a uh, as an inside guy. Uh, Justin Okoroa out of uh, Ger Munich, Germany. Uh, you know, this is a kid who's six foot three, two hundred twenty five pounds, ran a, a four five forty at Alabama's camp competition. You know, hard to um, you know uh, hard to gauge that, but you know, I think he's a kid that you know, we get to see early on uh, on special teams in Tuscaloosa, and then uh, Jay Sean Ross. Uh, late addition for Alabama, you know, six foot four, 220 pounds, uh, played wide receiver uh, and linebacker, had a really good uh, senior season. And that's when Alabama noticed him, noticed him back in November. And you know, that's the thing about Alabama is you know, they're going to continue to evaluate kids all the way until the end. They don't just go through the summer and stop and just focus on those guys that, you know, they saw in the spring and summer. They're going to continue to evaluate or, you, you know, you're going to miss out on guys like, you know, a Josh Jacobs or an Eddie Lace or an Eddie uh, Jackson. I mean, you know, those are some guys that emerged late, Christian Barmore. So, you know, maybe is that guy potentially in line with those guys? You know, who knows? But it just goes to show you that you know, Alabama is going to evaluate and recruit all the way until the end. Always bet on talent, right? And yeah. some guys with some serious upside and positional versatility, as you outlined there, Andrew. What about you, Tim? What do you got for these backers? 
I'm pretty excited about Sterling Dixon. I know he's not ideal sized, you know, but I think the game's changed where it's about getting to the quarterback. I go back to that South Florida game where they took like the DB, the safety, and put him in end and just caused havoc, right? Mm-hmm. He was not he was not ideal sized for that end, but boy, he was a mess for Alabama, you know. Hard to deal with rush. You get Sterling, a guy like that, is very athletic. Um, again, was injured, banged up a little bit. Very athletic, ton of pre, you know, ton of schools were after him early on. Um, really can get to the ball, but I think Justin's the one I'm I'm, I'm the most excited for. He's going to play in the All American Bowl. The size, I mean, I don't know who that competition was. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if that was the Mean Green Machine from from uh, from the old uh, Longest Yard movie. Some of those guys on the sideline were holding children, so I'm not <laughs> sure who he was playing. It looked like. It looked like some grown men. It looked like a mixture, but he was really good, tested really well. And the thing, you know, you look at this with some of these guys, just because the public, we can't see him or we can't – it's hard to judge, say, Rico Scott. He plays not great competition. Justin, we don't know what kind of competition. We've seen that a lot, um, Kobe Prentice. But if they've had him in camp, I mean, you got to trust your coach's evals. you got to trust – it's not one guy – getting uh, uh, one coach getting eyes on him. You know what I mean? If it's a DB, the wide receiver coach is also seeing how he how he works. So you got to trust their camp evals. And, I, you know, you, you get a guy from Germany, you get a guy from Canada, you know, you get a guy like Fogger. You got you kind of like that locker room. And I think we've seen that. We saw it in 2020. I think we're seeing it this year. I feel like the locker room is really important, the culture. You know, everybody can say culture. I feel like Alabama's got a really good culture, and I think that facts, factors into the guys they're recruiting. Alabama. What's the grade? What's the grade? The grade, I would go B minus with yeah. some uncertainty. I'd like to see. I think there's upside with every one of these guys. Uh, Caden, Justin, Jason Ross. I think all their best football is ahead of them, honestly. But we got a short dose of, of, of Justin. A lot of uncertainty, although I love him. We got a small, you know, uh, Jason Ross. He was spending a lot of time on offense going in, had a great senior year. I think the upside's there, but coming in right now, I'll go B minus because I, I want to be a little different. Just be a little different. That's Tim Watts. Put that on his, his head. I'm not a role model, kids. Do not do what I do. <laughs> hey, let's talk secondary. And you talk about a class that I'm figuring you guys are going to have pretty lofty grades for. I mean, this group, when you go player by player, Andrew, it's like you could almost already go ahead and put a dime package out there with these guys and nickel or dime package and feel pretty good about it. I think the, one of the biggest takeaways from this class is five of the six signees are already on campus. And, you know, the six is going to be there uh, you know, first week of January. I mean, this is just a – Ridiculous class, top to bottom. Uh, six signees. You know, you got guys at corner, you got guys at safety, uh, guys that can make an impact. Uh, I really like Jalen and Bakwe. We saw him in the uh, in the state championship game against Saraland. You know, he started as a uh, as a quarterback this season, and um, you know, got it done. I mean, I think he had four touchdowns in the uh, in the state championship game. But he's going to be a uh, a defensive back for the Crimson Tide, and I think he's got a chance to you know, see the field early. Uh, Peyton Woodyard, uh, being able to flip him away from Georgia, plays him and Zabian Brown, you know, guys that plays at St. John Bosco and, and made a day out in California to the top high school football programs in the country. So you know they've got the right mindset. They're going to be prepared when they uh, when they start practicing, or they already have started practicing. But um, you know, 
once they kind of go through the spring, I think those guys have the right mindset to potentially see some early playing time. You flip a guy like Red Morgan uh, away from Florida State, Jameer Grimsley, six foot you know, two and a half cornerback that uh, Alabama was you know in love with since the spring. I mean, they really pushed hard there. They were able to ser- uh, secure an early commitment, but you know, holding off Florida in the end was a uh, was certainly a challenge. And then uh, you're able to get the first uh, Nick Saban era legacy recruit in uh, Dre Kirkpatrick Jr., who had a really good senior season. I mean, I think he had a total of 11 or 12 special teams touchdowns and, and really was uh, the star of uh, the Gadsden City uh, team this year. So great job there in the secondary. I would give it an A+. What about it, Tim? I love this group. You know, I feel like when we're looking at this, I feel like we haven't really talked about the secondary for some reason, and it's fantastic. I don't know why. We really didn't talk about Jalen. I'm including myself in this. Ryan Williams was fantastic in that in that uh, state championship game. Jalen was dueling banjos. He was every bit as good, except he was facing a nine-man front. I mean, they, the bot, they were all coming. They're like, you know, Jalen was screaming, I'm running. And they were coming up, just a big, strong guy, made a lot of plays. I was out there on defense on Ryan on the last play of the game. You know, I mean, just a lot to like about him. And then the thing I like about it, you got talent. You got Peyton, you got Jameer, you got talented guys up there. But you also got some dogs that probably have a little chip on their shoulder. Red Morgan's probably mad. Why ain't I ranked higher? Drake Kirkpatrick, why ain't I ranked higher? You can see that. Not ideal size, but do productive. They are on the field. They come up and hit you. They make plays. And, you know, some guys, the ball just finds them. It's like the ball's chasing Dre, right? He looks up and he's around the ball. And that's because how good his instincts are. He was great in Alabama, uh, Mississippi All-Star game. So, a guy, we don't talk about enough because I think we went in, and I was guilty of this. I think we went into legacy signee, right? I think we went into, oh, it's Dre's son. You got to take him. But I, I think of his, you know, I think of his last name, you know, was Smith, Dre Smith. I think we would talk about him more. What a great year he had because I think we kind of took him for granted because of his dad. But Andrew's right. His senior year, fantastic. I haven't seen many years with that many special teams touchdowns. The ball finds him. He finds the ball. And I mean, Jameer Grimsley's huge upside. You still got Zay Mincy out up there, but. You know, T-Rob, whole staff did a great job, but I know T-Rob is very hands-on with those defensive backs. I know Saban's very involved, so just, you know, A-plus across the board for me. There you go. Guys, I'm kind of bummed we don't have any uh, specialist specialist signees to talk about. We had Connor Talty last year. I know there's a couple of PWOs from our Northridge Jags, I guess, Andrew, that are lined up to – Join Alabama football in 2024, but no specialists. I guess we'll just have to go with what we've got. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk <laughs> about specialty. I was trying to remember that. Got return, guys. Yeah, you got return. Let Travis guys. not talk well, about cut, it. Cut, like, cut, that, cut that part out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you, you kind of wonder, like, the, the like I still haven't understood how you recruit for a field goal, a field goal kicker, for instance, like I don't understand. Like to me, unless you got Will Riker, you're signing one every year till you get your guy, right? Because we've seen a lot of highly recruited guys across the world, across the you know over the years, across the nation, who just haven't panned out. I mean, unless it's been a Sebastian Janikowski, no brainer. I just feel like it's kind of a crapshoot, and that's also a testament to how good Will's been 
He's basically the field goal equivalent of J.K. Scott, right? Yeah. Remember Nick Saban hugged J.K. like, dude, COVID year's coming. Hold on. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm curious to see how they fill those roles. Long snapper's always an interesting one. Um, those guys aren't very valued, but they all end – I mean, they're valued by the coaches. They don't see a lot of scholarships, so – yeah, I think, you know, James Burnup has evolved into a really good punter. Took yeah, him a couple of years coming over from Australia to get there. I know we talk about getting guys into camps to be able to watch them. I think it's as important, if not more, when you talk about field goal kickers especially because Alabama has that specialist camp, and I've been to it before, and you kick right in front of Nick Saban live. There's no hiding. There's no whatever, and that's – that's as much of a pressure situation as I could think of for a kicker, but uh, Alabama yeah, should be okay. And as we said, some return guys in this class too, really dynamic return options. I yeah, do think that Alabama's excited about Connor Talty. Um, yeah. who they signed in last year's class out of Chicago. You know, at first Connor was thinking that he was going to be the guy because Reichard had uh, declared that he was going to the NFL and Senior he Bowl. was expected yeah. to come in and, and yeah. make a uh, make an impact or not, you know, we don't know if it was going to make an impact, but we know he was going to play a lot this season if, uh, if Riker wouldn't have been here. So uh, I think they're excited about him. And then, you know, as you mentioned, you know, there's definitely some guys uh, that can make big impacts in the return game, whether that's, you know, Jalen and Bakwe, uh, you know, Ryan Williams, um, you know, we'll talk about him more uh, in February, but you know, that's a guy that can be hard to keep him off the field. I'm not right, going to rule out Dre as a punt returner at some point yeah. in his career. I mean, his hands look phenomenal. You know, half the battle for returning punts is just catching the ball, right? Absolutely. And I he guess just, I saved myself there with the return talk. So, I didn't put you guys through too I much. I was not going to let you not talk about special teams. Neilan Hibbett coming back at snapper, by the way. Guy's been good this year. Really good. So, just some things. Just some things, guys. I think that's just about it for the grades, though, right? We uh, yeah. we good with those, Andrew? I think so. I mean, we went through each position group. I think we gave some uh, uh, some solid grades out there. Um, you know, we weren't too over the top, but you know, obviously, we gave a few A pluses at quarterback and uh, defensive back, and uh, that I think that wide receiver tight end group can get to that A plus here in the next. Uh, month and a half. So, um, you know, overall, you know, another terrific job by Coach Saban and his staff. Yeah, I love the class. I think when you look at what they did on the heels of this of last year, I think you look at how they closed out. You know, there's always like a doubt factor. How will they finish? Will they ever flop at the finish line? They never do. You know what I mean? They always come up with some guys. They've always got – the thing I think the staff does a great job of, it's not just a plan A which I think they're as good as anybody in the country, but there's a plan B and a plan C and sometimes a plan D. So they're going to get them. You know what I mean? Offensive tackles are an instance where they just would have liked to have one. They didn't have to have one. So secondary, they wanted to attack and, you know, fantastic job. So not surprised. Assistants do a great job. Nick Saban, Alabama sells itself. Sells itself indeed. And guys, hope you both have a very – Merry Christmas. Of course, things aren't going to slow down much for us at BamaOnline.com. That wheel just keeps turning round and round, and that'll be the case throughout the holiday season. Of course, getting you ready also for Alabama's huge Rose Bowl matchup with the University of Michigan 
on New Year's Day. Merry Christmas, Andrew Bone. Merry Christmas, Tim Watts. Merry Christmas to our viewers and subscribers out there, too. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. And I know there's a lot of questions, a frustrating process sometimes. We appreciate you. We love the message board for the most part. A couple of you. You're on my naughty list, but for the most part, you're on our good list. You still got time, though. Right, Andrew? Yeah. Some still of the naughty good. list folks. There's still a little yeah. time. Come hang out with us Absolutely. Hang out with us on the roundtable or premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and our YouTube channel, you need to do both of those things. Easy as a click or two. Share that YouTube website with your friends and turn on those notifications. You'll get all this video content as it drops on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. For Tim Watts and Andrew Bone, Travis Ryer, happy holidays to each and every one of you. And until next time, so long, everybody. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.